Don't Wreck Yourself features words and situations that are not appropriate for young listeners. This show is only for adults and unsupervised juvenile delinquents of exquisite taste and refinement. Each week, Matt and Ryan look into claims they find online, answer your questions, and say bad words! Now your way is the only way, and my way is the only way to Fill the space between a hard place and a rock is all we do but we'll entertain the conversation that leads us to the truth. What do we know? A trips to telephones that are no different to you. Welcome to Don't Wreck Yourself. My name's Ryan Placetti, and I am here to disentangle you from the Gordian knot of the internet's bullshit. And I'm Matt Saintsing, and I can't tell you how anxiety-inducing it is to hear you say that every time. It really is like, <laughs> it's like no pressure, no pressure, Matt. Yeah, no, it really is. It's, it's like, oh, he's crafted this just like brilliantly catchy thing. And I'm just like, oh, Matt, don't sound like a jackass. And I do every time. So no, it's OK to sound like a jackass, Matt. We have a podcast where we tell people how right we are all the time. It's yeah, a know it all podcast. We are jackasses. I have a podcast dedicated to how how much of a jackass we I am. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you, you're just you're just not trying to double down. I get it. I get it. Yeah. Yeah. All right. How about how, why don't you try this one? My name's Matt Saint Sing and the moon and the stars align according to my whims. I do not like you trying to impersonate me right now. I feel like you, you, don't, you don't do a good me. I would how about, say. How about, <laughs> what, if, what if I what if I <laughs> no. Oh, yeah, I do. Have, I do have like a weird laugh. You, no, no, it's not a weird laugh. It's a distinct it's a laugh. And laugh. I love it's it. It's a laugh. Your, it's a your, laugh. Your, your laughter brings me such joy and delight. I can't tell you. It's 90 percent of the reason why I asked you to do a podcast with me, because I love hearing <laughs> you laugh. Wow. I guess I, I guess my my quick wit is only 10 percent. But that's fair. That's fair. That's well, fair. I in, in, in true ego, egotistical fashion, Matt, I chose my podcast partner based on how gratifying his laughter is when I tell jokes. Yeah, wow. <laughs> I think this whole thing, this whole thing just really I get I get a peek behind the curtain is know how much of us a sinister person you really are. I know I've been using you for your chortle the whole time. Oh, man. Uh, <laughs> chortle is a good word. And, and, and it also helps that you're a dedicated uh, you're a dedicated and fastidious researcher in ways that I am not. Oh, well, yeah, that helps. Sure. So today's going to be interesting because typically when we craft our show lovingly from scratch, we take a big concept or two and we actively do a little bit of research on it. And then we plug in little Reddit questions. But today, because I am we're this is our second episode of the day, we're recording right before I'm heading out on a multi-week vacation. You we, are you have seen your itis. You you're phoning it in. Is what we are phoning. We are phoning it in a little bit. Yeah, we are phoning yeah. it in. I was okay, going to I was going to frame it differently than that. But yeah, we, we are kind of phoning it in. <laughs> I guess our last episode is when we phoned in, if you know what I mean. <laughs> <laughs> Assuming everything publishes in order, you will have heard a great deal about Garfield phones. But uh, so we're, we're calling this segment. Oops. All Reddit. <laughs> and it's just going to be us responding to various Reddit questions. So yeah. first one is coming from our shower thoughts. Ooh, and this question was the shower is where I do all my best thinking. I I love this subreddit for our show because it's a lot of people sort of positing conclusions based on fairly easily verifiable facts. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, So our first question is actually coming from user Ragnarok, but Mm. R-A-G-H-N-A-R-O-K. I'm sorry. The claim made in our shower thoughts is during a nuclear explosion, there is a certain distance of the radius 
where all the frozen supermarket pizzas are cooked to perfection. Uh, Does this ring true to you, Matt? No, I would say so. First of all, this this assumes the nuclear explosion is done where in proximity to supermarkets with pizzas in it. So uh-huh. that right off the, right off the bat, you're assuming that. Second off the bat, you're assuming that you know the minimum to a maximum temperature of a nuclear explosion. You're kind of assuming that every degree is kind of ticked along the way, right? So you go through. You know, you have a zero, you know, you have like 100 degrees Fahrenheit, 200 degrees, all the way up to, you know, millions or whatever. The- yeah, the, 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 bur- the burning heat of a thousand suns. Yeah, exactly. And so I just don't believe that it is like that in a nuclear explosion. I think you can go from 100 degrees to a thousand degrees in an instant without having to go to 999 degrees. You know what I'm saying? It would just be a hell of a chance for the supermarket pizzas to be at the right location of the center of the epicenter of the explosion. And the temperature, the conditions have to be right to reach that temperature just seems really far fetched to me. OK, so and th- this is where I reveal yet another certification that I hold. I am a certified level one thermographer. What is that real? Yeah, that's real. It's a real thing. Wait, it's a certification f- you can get. What the fuck does a thermographer do? <laughs> a thermographer uses IR cameras, infrared cameras. OK. In order to measure thermal energy. And, and who certifies you for this? Uh, I am certified through an organization called the Snell Group, uh, which is one of two major certification organization uh, certification organizations for thermographers. This is just like the magicians, <laughs> the group of magicians from uh, what's that one show? Uh, you know, I, I don't I don't you know, I know I know I have a podcast about being a know it all, Matt, but there are limits. Arrested Development, where they have, we demand to be taken seriously, this group of like, magicians, <laughs> right? It reminds me of this. No, the, the practical application for a thermo, uh, thermographic certification or for, th- <laughs> for a, thermo- a podcast where you get no, the, 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 the practical the only application. <laughs> the practical application for this is determining how far away from a nuclear explosion pizza would have to be in order to be perfectly cooked. So what, what's the number and what's the temperature, I guess? Uh, I don't know, because I, I, I don't think that it's it's even worth delving into the how hot a nuclear you. explosion gets, because I don't think that the actual physics work out. OK, OK. As a thermographer. <laughs> As an amateur thermographer. No, not amateur. I am. I'm certified. I'm talking about myself, myself. Oh. <laughs> I'm an amateur thermographer. The practical application of thermography is in detecting electrical faults and also uh, motor and drive failures, because when you have machines starting to break down, they generate more heat and you can detect that with a thermal imager. Interesting. OK. Uh, the other practical application is a uh, home inspection. So you can determine leakage and whether or not there's adequate insulation based on how much cold air or hot air is getting into a room. I, I understand that people have a certification for that. I just don't know why you <laughs> have a certification for this. <laughs> uh, selling equipment. <laughs> Interesting. Gotcha. 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 OK, well, so it, does the math work out? Or does, uh, does well, work I, out I don't even think it's a matter of math. I think it's more of a more of an issue of physics. So basically, okay. In any thermal environment, your area of high thermal energy is going to move to an area of low thermal energy, which is kind of how explosions work. Sure. If you think about it. So your explosion is hottest at the center and then it moves outward. It's almost like it's uh, like it's filling a void. It radiates, as you would say. Well, it's not just it's not just. Yeah, it it radiates, but it's literally moving to an area of less thermal energy. Okay. So that's kind of how explosions work. And that's why they have outward force, because air out here is kind of cold. And then the heat of a thousand suns is slowly dissipating outward and moving into that space until it w- reaches equilibrium. So why does the physics not work in this case, then? 
So in this case, I think there's a couple different factors. Uh, one is the nuclear explosion, as tremendous as it is, is not going to equally distribute across the radius because there will be things that are obstructing its path. So that's what I was saying is that you, you don't ever get to the right temperature at the right distance 100 percent of the time because there's just too many variables to take into account. Right. Uh, there, there's a lot of variables. Uh, not only that, it has to be a sustained temperature to actually cook the pizza. So you can expose like, let's say I have a pizza that's uh, a frozen pizza. I put it in a 1200 degree oven. Uh, it's ready in 20 seconds. So okay. it, it would have to be ex it would have to be a distance at which the temperature is constant through the whole thing. And honestly, I'm just not sure how the physics of that work. But the other the other factor is your frozen your frozen pizzas are going to be in the frozen food section of the of the of the supermarket. They're they're. There are so many variables in place that saying that they're just going to cook pizzas perfectly is kind of insane. I don't think yeah. you would get a single I don't think you'd get a single ideal cooked pizza. The best reason that I can give for my my take on this is that those pizzas are all wrapped in plastic in order. Oh, to, in order to cook that pizza, yep, you have yep. to melt plastic and no pizza wrapped in plastic is perfectly cooked. This question seems like it comes from a guy who smoked his lunch, if you know what I mean. <laughs> so, he's so uh, I think it, it, it's an interesting question. Not really. It's, it's, it's not even a question. It's a it's a it's a thought provoking claim for like twenty seconds until you get to you get your yeah mind wrapped around. I, now that said, yeah. if you had a if you had a pizza stone laid out on the sidewalk, oh, that's a different question. Different question. Yeah. At a certain distance at which that pizza would probably be flash cooked. Uh, right. I don't know that it'd be cooked perfectly because again. You know, we could make a 5000 degree oven and then try yeah. to cook a pizza for 10 seconds. Yeah. But it's not going to cook perfectly because the, right. the thermal energy needs to move throughout that product. Uh, you know, it needs to move through the sauce, through the dough. And, you know, this actually came up when we were talking about whether or not it would hurt to fall into a volcano in yeah. episode one. Was that episode one? So I, I we talked about this a little bit, like while like while your body is in contact with the lava, the part that's in contact with the lava is being incinerated immediately. But the stuff that's a little bit further away, that thermal energy has to travel through the body. So gotcha. just a flash of explosion isn't going to be enough. Uh, you need to have a sustained temperature for a period of time in order to do more than just cook the outside of the pizza. Yeah, I 100% agree. Not uh, surprising at all that this claim seems dubious. All right. Uh, did you have anything that you wanted to? Uh... Uh, this is from r slash shower thoughts again. It's RST84 says dishwashers are a socially acceptable place to hide your dirty dishes when company is coming over. <laughs> 100,000% correct. I would say that dishwashers are a socially acceptable place where I can hide my dirty dishes away from my partner. So definitely <laughs> I can I can do it from company if I can do it from people that I share my life with. So, yeah, I think this is an interesting claim because I don't think you're actually hiding your dishes. I think you're actually in the process of doing your dishes. Like if you fill it up and then don't turn it on, then you're not hiding it. You just haven't started the dishwasher yet. Well, uh, and there there I can yeah. think of, I can think of reasons why you wouldn't start the dishwasher. Like if you have company coming over, you filled up the dishwasher with dirty yep, dishes, exactly. but you don't want the dishwasher running while people are there, you know, enjoying game night or the right, orgy. Right. I, what I think, I think you could take it one step further. And one step further than an orgy, Matt. Well, you, you have two a full bacchanal. You have two dishwashers, one you use for storage, the one you use for cleaning only. Right. So you were literally <laughs> using the one for storage to hide your dirtiness away from. So I, it would I, you know what? I would count it as hiding your dirty dishes if the dishwasher was not functional. Yeah. Oh, there you go. Yep. Yep. There you go. 
Now, I'm going to give this person a pass on the specifics. I don't think it counts as hiding. That is the marijuana paranoia kicking in. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, here's the thing. It, it is hiding if you never wash your dishes. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I've got a uh, Reddit question from Explain It Like I'm Five. Oh, OK. All right. So for those of you who are who have forgotten what Explain It Like I'm Five is about, let me explain it like you're five. It's a subreddit where somebody asks a question and then in the simplest terms possible, other users provide answers. It's just what it sounds like. Yeah. Good. Good. That's the goal. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. All right. So the question is, how do sex addicts anonymous meetings work to avoid people from having sex with each other? Uh, well, I would say that you you stick the Lord in between them. And what it does, <laughs> you, you you leave room for God and you won't you there, there, there is no you know, there's not a whole lot of uh, anonymous sex happening when when you have room for Jesus in your life, I would say. I wonder who founded Sex Addicts Anonymous. Uh, it is obviously inspired by D- Bill W., but I don't think Bill W. was a member. <laughs> Maybe Val Kilmer. I feel like he, he, he would do it. Uh, Bill W., the W stands for womp, 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 womp. <laughs> you, uh, you avoid it because it's anonymous. You don't know what their names are, right? Oh, it's presumably well, you, that has, you don't care. What OK, OK, yeah. I, I'm going to I'm going to stop you right there because I think anonymous sex is Part of the reason why a lot of those people are in Sex Addicts Anonymous. So you think people are joining Sex Addicts Anonymous to get laid? I think there's a possibility that there are people who attend Sex Addicts Anonymous who might not be doing it for the right reasons. I guess maybe you have a good sponsor who kind of gets in the way, runs interference, right? You're like, oh, this person has got herpes. This person doesn't do whatever. <laughs> this person is not very hygienic at all. <laughs> I don't know how to answer this question because I'm not a sex addict. Yeah, but I, yeah. I, I also I also feel like Sex Addicts Anonymous probably also caters to the community of like chronic masturbators too. Oh, oh. like or do they have their own organization? I would say that Sex Addicts Anonymous. I would be kind of surprised that they would close their doors to people who gratify themselves sexually or their legs. Their legs. He said they close their doors, and I said. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. I guess I try try not to dunk on people who call themselves addicts is what I'm trying to say. I'm I'm not dunking. I'm not dunking on anybody. I'm just saying that that's the... That, that, that seems to be related to the issue. And I, I I can appreciate this. I think the answer is that people who join Sex Addicts Anonymous are actively trying to curb yeah. their impulses. Yeah. And yeah. the other people that they are meeting with, the, the whole... The whole thrust of this treatment of getting people in a room to talk about their addiction and talk about their problems and, and having the people that they're talking to also experiencing the same type of problems is the therapy. Yeah, no. Um, I, again, if you if you. Yeah, you're right. If you get yourself to a point where you're walking into a meeting and saying, my name is first name, I am a sex addict, then you are someone presumably who is serious about fixing what you think is a problem. So there may, they may be tempted in, in the social situations, but it's nothing that social distancing can't stop. Right. (laughs) You know? And and while I'm sure there are groups of people in Alcoholics Anonymous who relapse together, uh, generally speaking, the there's strength in numbers and accountability in numbers, uh, or in this case, an orgy. (laughs) Just because you're a sex addict doesn't mean you can never have sex ever again. So what if you just get into a relationship with someone and you made it sex anonymous, you get into a committed relationship and as one does, you just start to have sex. Uh, that that is that turning your back on the. That depends on what you're mean? into. 
Yeah, well, <laughs> yeah, yeah, right, yeah, yeah. Uh, so that that that's pretty much it. I think a, a dedicated a dedicated commitment to the act of sexual sobriety, or you know, you could be Cali sober and just do blowies. <laughs> <laughs> I do have another shower thought. Oh, uh, this is actually kind of funny. This is from the new kid JP. In fifty to one hundred years, tip of the iceberg will be a dead metaphor. Oh no. <laughs> Honestly, global warming is so fucking depressing because we have seen it in our lifetime. Yeah. The world is noticeably different than we were than it was when we were kids. Uh, the, the, we, we've absolutely annihilated the ecosystem in America. It's uh, the American way. Absolutely. Yeah. Tall, tall grass yeah. prairies. Gone. Coniferous bison, forests. Bison. Gone. gone. Bison. Yeah. Largely gone. We, we've yeah. done. A, we've done a lot of damage. But what hides it, what conceals that damage is. It's taking place over generations. Exactly. And people yeah. are born into the world as it is, not as it was. So my like my kids yeah. are, you know, they're growing up. This is this isn't their normal, but it's going to continue to get worse. Hotter. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. No, I think you're right. It is kind of like a thought provoking in, in the sense that the world really is heating up and melting at a pace at which it is kind of breakneck speed. But you're right, because of how individuals experience time you know 30 me saying 30 years it was five or ten degrees cooler doesn't really mean much right to the individual but yeah. i think in the grand scheme of things it's like you know alarms are going off so alarms should be going off yeah uh, <laughs> and you know global warming leads to all sorts of complications for the continuation of human life on this planet as we as we increase temperatures, we're going to have to adapt our food sources, adapt our agricultural practices. We might even have to start cloning dinosaurs for food, which brings me to our next question on the r slash no stupid questions forum where there are no stupid questions. Nope, it's by design. It's impossible. Yeah, it is a system that's been put in place by the ancient ones that has it been honored through many, many generations of Internet users. It is a paragon of rational thought and discourse, I would say. Yeah, it's it's possibly the, the best place on the Internet for intellectuals, I think. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So what's the question? If we could clone dinosaurs, would they be safe to eat? Well, so if we had the ability to clone dinosaurs, I like to think that humans would waste no time in making it another farm animal, right? You'd have like velociraptor steaks. And I think we, we would somehow genetically engineer it where it would be fine to eat if for some reason natural dinosaur meat is toxic. I think that's what I that's what I would say. Can't think of any reason why it would be toxic. Um, obviously, they might be susceptible to the the kinds of parasites and and, and diseases that other reptiles are, are prone to. But that doesn't reptile stop. Reptile dysfunction. Is what yeah, you could have that reptile dysfunction. <laughs> <laughs> why is that? Why is that brachiosaur look so droopy? Uh, he's got reptile. He's got that reptile dysfunction. Oh, man. Reptile dysfunction. Well, he's been married for he's been married for 30 years. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I, I think we can look at this a couple different ways. Would from a from a nutritional standpoint, I don't see any reason why they wouldn't be safe to eat. It'd be like uh, it'd be like eating a large lizard. I think the only reason why I think they would be dangerous to eat is because dinosaurs were alive at a time when the atmosphere was different. There was different gases, right? So somehow there could be something in their regulatory system that processes methane at a certain way that makes, I don't know, 
they make some sort of bad gases in their meat that you wouldn't want to eat. Even if that were true, though, they would be breathing our atmosphere. So I think the danger would be greater for them than it is for us. It, well, exactly. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah, just as in everything, the it is more dangerous for the animal than it is for the human. Right? Yeah, <laughs> well, absolutely. So absolutely. I, I think from a from a food safety standpoint, there's there's really no reason to suppose that, that it would be unsafe to eat based on. Uh, what we know about eating animals, which is quite a bit. Human beings have eaten a lot of fucking animals over the years. Like, yeah, uh, it's going to taste like a cross between an ostrich and an alligator. There you go. Mm, OK, that's okay. which I think sounds delicious. Have you had alligator before? Yeah, I've had a fried alligator tail in Florida. I've so, had yeah. I, I've had a lot of I, I actually worked briefly at a at a company that specialized in, in exotic animal meats. So, so I tried a bunch of stuff. Was it like ostriches taking off their tops? <laughs> exotic. <laughs> While it might be nutritionally safe to eat a dinosaur, I think the movie Jurassic Park does raise some other questions about the safety it, of raising dinosaurs for food. I think there is no concept that Jurassic Park doesn't raise that yeah absolutely it is a great movie I'm, I'm, let's get into it let's get into it depending on which dinosaurs you're raising for food if you if you start getting into the carnivorous dinosaurs that's like raising a lion for food right or even no worse than that i would say it's like a yeah, great white shark right is more well know, dead yeah. is dead is dead <laughs> yeah i guess so i guess so i guess so but how would they put down and a dinosaur that they're breeding to slaughter. Because with cows, they just put a bolt in their head and hang them upside down and cut them open. What would you do with a velociraptor? Oh, gosh. You could do a guillotine. I Chainsaw. Chainsaw. Cha oh, God. So who's, I feel like that's a dirty jobs Mike Rowe is waiting to do. <laughs> Chainsawing like Dilophosaurus steaks or something, you know? And we could put know. it on TV. It could be its own reality TV show where, like, you... <laughs> If you want to eat the raptor, you have to beat the raptor. It'll you be have to pick. You have to pick which door behind one is a steak behind two is a raptor steaks. <laughs> do you want to do you want to change your answer to eat? Like, yeah, because I want to eat a fucking dinosaur. <laughs> I want the most chance of beating a dinosaur. Can I pick the one that you say is already a dinosaur? <laughs> that is a beautiful uh, callback to the Monty Hall problem from our previous episode. The yeah. math works out. Absolutely. Um <laughs> What dinosaur would you be most eager to eat? Ooh, that is a fantastic question. Should, I should ask it on no stupid questions, but I think this is, this is a Matt Sainting original. Gosh, I, I'm thinking about it right now and I have a few answers, but I, I kind of want to hear yours. Um, I'll say first since I've thought. All right. About yeah, go ahead. About that. I'll give you I'll give you some time. I would say that, um, first of all, the pterodactyl, which actually is not a dinosaur. I think that would be an interesting uh, one to eat because it is most like a bird that we eat today, right? So I think there's that. I also think I would be interested in the Stegosaurus because they're my favorite animal growing up. And who doesn't want to eat their favorite animal? Yeah, and they're right? dumb. Fav favorite, favorite dinosaur. Are they? Uh, they had really, really, really tiny brains and secondary brains around their hip area. Mm. Oh, wow. That's kind of crazy. Yeah, they have like a nerve. They have like a nerve cluster in their in their pelvis. That gives a whole nother term to the meaning of giving head. Well, <laughs> Well, yeah, the head's still in the same place. It's just they move their brains around. <laughs> yeah. Oh, God. But yeah, they, they have like a secondary nerve cluster, which is like a little miniature brain in the back because, it you know, it takes a little bit longer because it's they've got a big body. It's where Stegosaurus yeah. all its best thinking. All its best thinking. Yeah. But if I were going to choose, like, I, I think I would choose like one of the. Like one of the big feathery dinosaurs, you know what I mean? T-Rex had feathers. Oh, well, yeah, we'll start there. And I'd eat his, I'd eat his little wings. They don't have wings. They just have feathers. I know, but they have they have the arm analog for a wing and I make buffalo wings. 
they only have a wing if they drink. Yeah, buffaloes don't have wings either, and yet we call them buffalo wings. That's, that's well because they drink a Red Bull. That's why. That's why. <laughs> and before anybody sends us a message about it, it being invented in Buffalo, New York, one, uh, yeah, I mean, I know. Thanks. I would say that when it comes to eating dinosaurs, you know, again, I'm not a veg. I, I am a vegetarian, and I am not. If I start to eat an animal, I'm not going to start with a priest with an extinct one. I would say. Okay, I you know that that's fair. I think I, I think that could go both ways. It's just like, well, it's already extinct, so I may as well eat it. Yep. What's the and and, and they they have they have actually served like Ice Age era mammoth at events. I think it's much more realistic that they're going to have lab created meat and they will be able to create meat from an extinct animal. And that that's going to be like a high ticket food item, I think. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. But speaking of dinosaurs and our shower thoughts, user the Lee man 14 posits. There's not definitive evidence that dinosaurs did not make and wear tiny hats, which got incinerated upon the asteroid collision. Mm, I have a lot of problems with this claim. So, Matt, you might not know this about me, but I am a certified haberdasher. <laughs> oh yeah, it was when you can thermically di analyze the Monopoly man. Yeah, yeah, know. yeah. I'm I'm basically my I've soaked so much mercury into my skin. Let me tell you. <laughs> yeah, I bet, I bet. So this right here has to this this claim has to do with there being absence of evidence, and is that evidence of absence? And uh, I have a tattoo here, Ryan. Can you see it right now? Uh, no, yeah, lift it up, lift it up, lift it up. Higher, higher, higher. How much higher? Yes, okay, I can see it. All right. So nice. Are those balls? Uh, what? No, those are planets. It's a solar system. Oh, they're too so, close together to be the solar system. The solar system is well, a vast place, Matt. Okay, well... Those planets like, are on yeah, top of each other. It's like a you're planetary... Beating, you're beating me up for not having a scientifically accurate tattoo. Really? You're the asshole. You're the asshole <laughs> in this situation. No, so I, I, when I was, you know, I, I studied abroad in England for a semester, and uh, I read a lot of philosophy from this guy named Bertrand Russell, who he uh, once had a, a... He's a 20th century philosopher who had a debate with the Archbishop of Canterbury, uh -huh. in which they were, they were debating the existence of God and whether you sh one should believe in it. And the Archbishop of Canterbury said, well, you know, you can't prove that God doesn't exist, so we must assume he does. To which Bertrand Russell said, yeah, but you can't prove a microscopic teapot is not orbiting the Earth right now, and the burden of proof is on the person making the claim, not on the person refuting it. So with this question about claims of dinosaurs wearing hats, there has to be evidence in the fossil record for there to be uh, top hats and incinerated stuff yeah. for me to even make heads or tail of this, I think. Yeah, and, and I, I would say that even though dinosaurs have gone extinct, that doesn't mean we don't know things about them. There would, Absolutely. If they had a sentient level of intelligence that allowed them to make tools, and a hat is a tool. It, it, it makes it makes you look way cooler. It yeah. makes you look way cooler. And in some cases, it will keep you cooler when the yeah. sun is blazing hot in your Jurassic afternoon. It'll also keep you cooler by halt by uh, hiding your bald head. <laughs> uh, that, that one hits a little close to home, Matt. I'll be honest. Uh, a, little, a, little, a little two on the head for that. <laughs> thin at best. I, I, I think the evidence here is thin at best. Uh, because the absence of evidence does not count as evidence. And I got um, a whole tattoo dedicated to it. Yeah, well, what we what we can say, though, is that dinosaurs, although extinct, are in fact animals. Uh, while, while I have seen a, an octopus wear a coconut as a hat, there's no there's nothing in the fossil record nor in extant species that are filling the same niches that dinosaurs filled that would lead me to believe that they were manufacturing uh, cute little hats. 
it is a it is a fun visual, but I definitely have my doubts. But this does bring me this does remind me of another dinosaur claim I saw on TikTok the, the other day. Uh, so there's this guy on TikTok who's like a scientific account, like science guy. He says there are almost undoubtedly dinosaur teeth on the moon. Okay, now this right? is a cl- this is a claim that I'm interested in. So the cl- I know I I saw that and I was like I had, I had to put my blunt down and I was like wait what a second is are you serious this is crazy so like so. My my initial reaction is one, yeah. super fucking interested, and yeah, two, yeah. it kind of makes sense. Well, how does it make sense to you? Um, the the impact of the asteroid hitting the Yucatan Peninsula creates an explosion and a shock wave that would have sent debris out into space, and among that debris could very well be dinosaur teeth and perfectly cooked frozen pizzas from your local supermarket <laughs> perfectly cooked dinosaur pizzas that they, that they made <laughs> with their top hats in the same manufacturing c- community in Pangea. No, I think it's a, it is an interesting claim. I think it kind of harkens back to this, uh, panspermia theory, right? Where certain different, um, uh, life forms or evidence of life can be jolted to other worlds with comets and asteroids and everything else that are in the cosmos. Um, but I think the claim that he's like, there are undoubtedly dinosaur teeth on the moon. I think that is definitely a question that the e- either Chinese or American astronauts, the next people to go to the moon, uh, they should definitely try to prioritize this because it is really cool. This is a real hot topic. Real hot topic. I, I, I think that a claim like this is based on like sort of a statistical inevitability yeah. type of thing like and I don't know that that necessarily holds up because just because something is statistically inevitable doesn't make it true. Just like um, picking the right car in a in a game show. Yeah, absolutely. Having having a higher chance on paper doesn't mean you're necessarily going to win 100 percent of the time. Yeah, right. So that, while, while it is certainly plausible for dinosaur teeth to have ended up on the moon, it just might not have happened because there is also a statistical possibility that it didn't happen. Well, I, th- I think at, at the time that uh, the dinosaurs were roaming the Earth, the moon was closer t- to the Earth than it is now. So All right, I but the, there's but, more but of a but chance moon, happening back then. But the moon's still the same size. So it was physically closer. So it was less, less, less distance that teeth had to travel. Well, it's not. I mean, the, the distance that they have to travel is irrelevant when you're talking no. about when you're talking about the scale of time. And, and and space. I'm talking about the distance it takes from teeth to get to the from teeth to get to Earth. Right. To the moon but, what I, but what I'm saying is if I think you have. So if you let's say Earth is just exploding with teeth, teeth are heading out into the in, into outer <laughs> it's a, space. It's a, it's a dentist dream. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> or nightmare. Depends on how you look at it. It's a dentist wet dream. Yeah. <laughs> um, so you have teeth exploding out. The closer the moon is, the 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 more teeth it can potentially collect because it's closer and it's closer to the source. Yeah, you know, I'll, I'll concede that point. I, I will concede that point because you're closer to the you're closer to the vertex of the angle. Well, and also too, it has to do with the angle that the asteroid hit the Yucatan Peninsula that destroyed the dinosaurs. At I think that um, the what scientists have uncovered, or what the th- working theory is, is this asteroid hit at a certain angle that kind of maximized mass destruction, and so it kind of maximized the debris of of Earth flora and fauna into the cosmos, right? And because the moon was physically closer, it stands to reason that there could be dinosaur teeth on the moon. I think the claim that there's almost has to be on the moon is not really born out there, but I would love, I would love to find out there's moon rock teeth on the moon. I think it'd be so super interesting. I think a fair way to assess this would be to say that it is statistically possible for dinosaur teeth to be on the moon. Yeah. Now that said, 
the the force of the explosion probably would have disintegrated the team. Like, and that that's where that's kind of where I where I fall off because if the force of the of the explosion is great enough to propel a tooth into space, it's going to get burned, right? Yeah, it's close enough where it's probably going to be absolutely eradicated. Or cooked to perfection. <laughs> or cooked to absolute perfection. You can just suck yeah. the marrow right out of that tooth. Absolutely. Yeah. So uh, that was like a fun thing that I that I saw on the Internet the other day that I was like, I got to tell Ryan about this one. <laughs> so uh, here's something that's a little bit less fun. This is uh, this is actually in. Oh, in, in, in uh, there's a parenthetical statement preceding this Reddit from r slash ask Reddit. Serious people who knew murderers before they killed someone. What are some red flags you didn't notice at the time? <laughs> uh, uh, Matt, how dare you have you known a murder why why uh why? this is parenthetically serious and you're laughing yeah i'm laughing <laughs> yeah yeah um so, sorry fake murder victim in my mind right that i'm laughing at right now no i would say um have you known anyone that turned out to be a murderer yes who uh, <laughs> or can you not say? <laughs> uh, <laughs> hey, Matt, have you noticed any red flags? <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, funny. Yeah, right. Yes. Yeah, he starts his own podcast. <laughs> uh, I will say this: that um, uh, someone that I had briefly dated uh, was murdered by a serial killer. Oh shit! You're kind of on the other end of the equation here. When I was in college, I worked retail. And I worked retail with this uh, girl and we, we saw each other very briefly for a little bit. And then years later, I was uh, sitting at dinner and I get a text message from my old boss working retail. And I'm like, what the hell? He's like, hey, did you hear about Monica? I said, no, what happened is like she was murdered at a bus stop in the middle of the night. And uh, this is in Tampa, Florida, the serial killer who is who has since been caught. He was walking around bus stops like at early clock in the morning, just capping people in the head. Uh, and then he just shot her in the head and they found her body in, in a ditch like a few days later. That's the closest I've been to when it comes to murder in my personal life, I would say. All right. Other than the U.S. Army, of course. Yeah. So I was traveling in southern Turkey in 2010 as part of an archaeological study tour. We were actually being hosted in a Catholic convent, which was home to the apostolic vicar of Anatolia, who is the bishop Luigi Padovese. And it's it's kind of. It, it was a really amazing experience. He's a he's a like you can tell from his name. He's an Italian guy. OK, uh, but he didn't speak English. He spoke obviously Latin. Uh, he spoke Turkish. He spoke Italian. So he was there. Sister Leonardo, who was originally from Boston. She was sort of our, our intermediary, this whole group. And then we had a couple of Romanian priests. OK, uh, so like we, a jo- sounds like a joke. <laughs> no, it's not. It's not a joke. I'm, we all walked into a bar. <laughs> it's it's funny because we were staying there and we, we actually had my my birthday. So my birthday oh. is on, on June 1st. So everybody, you know, mark your calendars. Yep. For my birthday, some of the people that we were with went out. They got a cake. Uh, the church provided a few bottles of wine and we were sitting out on their uh, on their vo- their outdoor volleyball court, drinking wine, eating cake and listening to Romanian uh, Romanian Christian music set to the tune of the Hokey Pokey. You were having <laughs> you were having your having your cake and eating it too. Yeah, so uh, and you know, I was I was having my birthday with the Bishop of Anatolia. It's kind of cool. And uh so we we were we were all hanging out and we there's a point where we were playing uh volleyball and the the bishop's uh, the bishop's driver was sitting on sitting on a bench and we 
you know, like, hey, come play, come play, come play. And he was kind of like sullen. And eventually he got up and he played volleyball with us. And then two days later, he murdered the Bishop of Anatolia. Really? So yeah. what were some red flag? I guess, what was the red flag for you? Uh, the red flag for me is he didn't like playing volleyball. And everybody loves playing recreational volleyball when they drink. Unless you're a murderer. Unless yeah, you're. Apparently. So if you ever invite somebody to play volleyball with you and they politely decline, force them to play. Or yeah, or or get away from or don't them, force you know? them to play. Yeah. I don't know what the right answer is. I don't know if there's anything that I could have done differently. I have more to say about the bishop than I do about the uh, the guy who killed him. To be honest, yeah, okay. But yeah, so this guy was killed by uh, this guy was killed by his driver. I, I don't know that there were any red flags. He was definitely antisocial. Hmm. His his vibe did not match anybody else's vibe at that facility. Or at that event. And, you know, that might be something that you only you only notice in hindsight because, you know, there, there's all sorts of reasons to not want to hang out with foreign dickheads playing volleyball, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but he two days later, he stabbed the bishop to death. And Gosh. there there are there are reports that there were some religious slash political motivations to the killing. But in, in talking to the people that were left behind at the facility, this guy, uh, the the guy who murdered him. Uh, his father had worked for the church. He worked for the church. The church had actually gotten him therapy and counseling because he had issues with depression and mental health issues. Sounds like he was being treated pretty well, but you know, sometimes mental health issues, you can do, you can do therapy, you can do medication, you can have the best of intentions. And you know, sometimes you can't fix it. I will say when I was thinking about people that I know who have murdered people and this is going to sound kind of crazy, uh, but I kind of knew the Pulse nightclub shooter, uh, Omar Mateen. Um, he we we went to high school together. Uh, I was uh, he was a year behind me at, at, at the other high school across town. But this is the one that I live closer to. And we definitely hung out together in groups and stuff like that. And any just, red flags? Uh, you know, honestly, he seemed like a very normal kid. He was just like uh, he worked at Publix. He, you know, uh, there were no red flags at the time, but. You know, you can't always tell, I guess, is this moral. No, you can't, because I mean, it, what do you do? I, I mean, even if even if you do get a red flag and this is something that really bothers me after after a murder or another or, or, or any sort of tragic death in which somebody has done, whether whether it be murder or suicide, there's always this. Oh, well, what could we have done differently? What were the signs that we missed? Yeah. yeah what what, what yeah. were the signs that we missed? What could we have done differently? The answer most of the time is. You nothing. didn't you didn't yeah. miss the signs. There's nothing you could have done to change this person's behavior that that you could have planned for. You know, you, you could you can't predict what they're going to do. So therefore, you can't predict so that you can't take action to prevent what you don't know. It takes into account human agency, too. Sometimes people just snap without there being a whole lot of signs that people can observe, I would say. Uh, so in my case with the with the bishop, like it was a pretty gruesome murder. I'm not going to go into the details because I, I don't see any need to. This is now a true crime podcast. <laughs> he made some religious declarations, but the Turkish police believe the, uh, the murder wasn't politically motivated. So I, I think we can kind of leave it at that. Okay. Um, so I want to I want to end because uh, we're, we're rounding the bend towards the end of this. Uh, this yep. this oops, all Reddit's episode. I've got one last Am I the asshole? This question on Am I the asshole is coming from user technical mode 7734. Okay. Would I be the asshole if I burned the quilt my grandma made me? Whoa. Um, first reaction. Why? I mean, 
it sounds like assholey. Why are you trying to burn the quilt your mom, your grandma made you? Oh uh, well, I, I could is, go. Is in, it a racist quilt? Does it have like a I could I, I could go it? into the I could go into the details, Matt. Take a take a peek in the chat. Click on it, and then let me know what you think. Should they burn this quilt? It's loading up now. It's loading. I'm using. I'm on, I'm on an older computer, so it's taking. It's, it's Matt. Matt is on a computer. He cloned it from dinosaurs. <laughs> you know, there's a, there's lunar teeth here. Okay. Uh oh. Uh, you know, I joked if it was a racist quilt, and uh, let me go ahead and say you would not be the asshole because this appears to have several swastikas. Our episode is "Oops, All Reddit." This quilt is "Oops, All Swastikas." Yeah, and uh, honestly, it, uh, part of the swastikas are. They have flowers in them. There, there, there is light blue and white. Um, the pl- the flowers are pretty, but the idea represents not really, not the asshole. I'm gonna go ahead and say not the asshole, not the asshole. I'm I'm gonna say not the asshole. However, I don't think burning this quilt is the appropriate uh, response to Hey, Grandma. I think you may have given me a bunch of Nazi iconography. Yeah, yeah. Because uh, I, I, I I don't get the sense that it's intentional because the. Uh, I, I, I think grandma just was not thinking <laughs> like it's a it's a it's a pretty repeating it's it's a pretty repeating pattern. But the individual units making up the pattern are, in fact, pretty pretty much just they're, they're swastikas. <laughs> well, I will I will say um, now that I get a little closer look on one of them, it is not a true swastika. It no, because it's off center. It, exactly. And it's got well, it's got more it's got more lines than there is in a swastika. At first glance, it looks like a bunch of swastikas. Yeah. Um, so I'm going to give grandma the, the benefit of the doubt that she didn't really want to make a monument to the Third Reich. Um, <laughs> But I don't know that for a fact. I, I think um, I don't know. Burning it. Yeah, I think maybe just throwing it away or no, somehow. No, no, just no. Like bar- I, I do not want to that. destroy this. What I'm doing in, in if this is me, museum. I am returning museum. it to grandmother and saying, Grandma, I love that you made me a quilt. I'm not as in love with the fact that it's celebrating the the, the work of Adolf Hitler. It seems to to have doing that. Yeah, it does. Uh, it yeah. does have that appearance. So I would ask her to amend the quilt. You know, you could probably add like, I don't know, some patches or something. It's like when you when you find a swastika. Are you one of those people like I know I am when you find a swastika like graffitied on something, you just like connect the lines like, yeah, I just drew four boxes. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah. uh, Like anytime uh, you walk into a restroom and you see like, oh, somebody just did four boxes. That used to be a swastika. (laughs) Interesting. Interesting. No, um. Yeah, I'm going to give grandma the benefit of the doubt here. It definitely do, it is not a good look. I'll, I'll, I'll say that it is not a good look. It's not a good look. And I don't think that this person is an, is an asshole for recognizing that these are swastikas because those are fucking no. swastikas. However, kind, they're kind however, of they would be yeah. the asshole if they burned it without asking her to make a correction or, ret- <laughs> or or simply returning the quilt so she can give it to one of her other Nazi friends. I think we should put this grandma on blast so we can cancel her. (laughs) She should not be making these quilts, you know? (laughs) Anyway, yeah. uh, Shout out to all the racist grandmas out there. (laughs) There's a lot of racist grandmas out there. Let's be real. Yeah, we just call them grandmas sometimes. Yeah, exactly. While our well-meaning grandparents might be out there just lovingly hand-stitching racist paraphernalia, there is a cre- there is somebody out there who created something beautiful for us that I'd like to recognize, and that's Rick Reynolds. Thanks, Rick, for... What did he make? What did he make? 
Rick poured his heart and soul into the song United, which we use as our theme song. It's from his album Portals in Progress. And what I, I think the thing that I like most about the message of Rick Reynolds song United is a recognition of commonality between all of the world's peoples. We are, in fact, mm. united, even when yeah. we seem so far apart. And if you want to tap into that sense of togetherness, you can find Rick's musics on Apple iTunes, Spotify, Amazon, or pretty much anywhere MP3s are found. Incidentally, that's also where you'll find our podcast, which you know because you are currently listening to our podcast. I was podcast. about to say, yeah, I was about to say we, we, we keep telling people how to listen to it. Or it's for the. It's I think the they figured it out, Matt. We can tell it. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. We are also on social media. We have a Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, all Wreck Your Pod. We're also wreckyourpod at gmail.com. So send us in your questions, feedback, complaints, gripes, what have you. Uh, offers for monetary support will also be accepted also red flags of any murderers that anyone's known yeah and if you've noticed matt putting up any red flags please let me know because as as his co-host on this podcast i probably provide him more frustration than uh, most of the other people in his life <laughs> <laughs> so if you find yourself over the course of the next week before our next episode staring at a piece of information that seems too wrong too right too good to be true or just plain too weird we want you to take a moment, take a deep breath, and be sure to check yourself. Don't wreck yourself. We are united, but we're so far apart, and it won't change till we change. We are, but we won't. Oh.